So my friends, um, today we hear this question from the Pharisees about the disciples not washing their hands right before eating. And what we have to understand about the Pharisees that we really have no uh, personal experience of them directly as a class of people is that their traditions were not in and of themselves bad, right? These were not evil traditions, right? To have good forms of washing and all that is not bad in and of itself religiously, but that what Jesus points out is that they lost the deeper spiritual meaning. That, that all of the external precepts of the law are meant to lead to an interior purification. A love of God, the love of God, which is the, the first commandment. And that the love of neighbor. And that by just focusing on the externals with, to such a degree, they've, they've lost a sense of the internals. And that may be something that we uh, consider very strange, all of this pharisaical practice and all the Jewish you know, washing practice and all that. But um, actually not so much, right? It's actually something that we, we currently have a lot of experience with because we're living still through a pandemic and that we see how, how safety precautions and all these things with regard to COVID have taken on a almost ritualistic air to them where it is, it's all about, we must have like 50 bottles of that hand sanitizer around, right? It's everywhere. We've got plenty in face masks, thousands of face masks around, just in case, right? And that we, we get, like, you know, even the ritual, I know, and it's, it's good, right? It's a good thing. In a hospital, there's hand sanitizer inside every room. Foam in and foam out. And it's just you're taught, if you work in a hospital, foam in and foam out. That you sanitize on the way into the room and way out of the room. But we see that, like, this happens and that even during the height of the pandemic, and maybe some people still do it, what I, like, you know, wiping down the mail and wiping down the, there was, there was a couple weeks in the office that we, we were wiped, we're taking out gloves and wiping down the mail and all of this um, in the early days when we weren't really sure about all the details. We've lived now through a scenario and are still living in many ways through a time where all of these externals are, I mean, they drive the national conversation. There's not one of us that probably goes a day without hearing about or thinking about or experiencing something related to COVID-19 in some way. It drives so much. And that the, this could be a good jumping off point for us to consider that while we have the externals, the interior disease, the interior sin, uh, is sin. Sin is the interior virus. If you get COVID, um, the worst thing that could happen, and tragically, so many people, the, the, you die, right? You could die from COVID-19. And many of us, if not all of us, maybe have known somebody who has died, who, who has contracted COVID, and who has died in lives and families disrupted and torn apart. But it's the worst thing that happens is that you die. Sin, when we contract the disease of sin, the worst thing that happens is spiritual death. And that the results are not just in this life, but that they are eternal. That sin leads to hell. Uh, it leads to damnation for all of it. It's an eternal punishment. And sin is way more contagious than COVID-19. When I post this homily, I'm probably gonna get fact-checked on that or something, but sin is way more contagious than COVID-19. And all of us are immunocompromised. Every single one of us 
is immunocompromised with regard to sin because we have concupiscence. That we, having the wound uh, remaining from original sin, we have a tendency towards sin. We like sin. I know I talked about this two weeks ago with the assumption of Our Lady because she didn't have that. But we all have the wound of concupiscence. That we are secret friends with sin. And so we should learn from this that the way that we have treated the exterior serious threat of COVID-19 can be for us a reminder of how we should treat the even more deadly, even more contagious, and with all of us being immunocompromised, danger of sin. And how do we respond when confronted with sin? Well, let's look at our response to COVID and see how we can learn it. So the first thing we all did and the kind of the baseline is the masks and the distancing, right? You got to do masks, you got to do distancing. You have to put a barrier between yourself and the virus in some way, whether a spatial barrier or a, a physical barrier. Well, again, what should we do with sin? Stay away from it. Keep a bigger social distance from sin than we, and put up barriers, put up these, these guards in our life that are going to help us not fall into sin. Whatever the, the occasions are of getting into sin, let, let's put them away. Let, let's get rid of them in our lives, right? We, we need to um, have, this is called avoiding the near occasion of sin. Most of us in our uh, act of contrition use that, I promise, to avoid the near occasion of sin. We need to stay away from the things that cause sin. I remember reading about uh, Stephen King, who, um, who is an alcoholic, and that he, at the end of the day, if there was a party or something, he would have to go and empty out every bottle of alcohol that was left in the house because uh, he knew he would drink it if it was left there. And so what did, he put a physical barrier between him and the, th- the sin that he knew he was prone to, right? If it's our media devices uh, that have bad content that are easily, easily found, well, don't spend so much time on your phone. Put a physical barrier between it. Put it in another room. Don't waste time on it. Phone, computer, tablet, TV. If the sin of, of anger happens when I read through social media, dang it, just unfollow the people that make you angry. I heard that advice like six years ago. And there were plenty of people I followed on, on Twitter and whatever and, who I disagree with. And, but I want, because I wanted to know what they were saying. Well, no, somebody said, if you read, the, if more posts of somebody make you upset than not, well then unfollow them. Stop, why are you putting, put a distance between yourself and the thing that causes the sin. And so we can take that step, masks and distancing, put a distance, a barrier between us and that occasion of our sin. Second, and again, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not a doctor, I'm not a public official that, that mandates public official policy, but we've got the big push of vaccination. Getting vaccinated against COVID is, you know, so many people have gotten it, gotten the vaccine to have this, this interior now defense, that it's not just the, the exterior defense, but now it's an interior defense, teaching the body how to react against when the, when the enemy agent is there. And that that happens for us in an inner strengthening of virtue, 
is that when we grow in a virtue, we have an inner strength. So when we come in contact with a potential spread of sin, we have the, the moral strength to not be, be infected by it. That somebody says, hey, do you want a second or a third drink? No, I'm okay. Why? I have the virtue of sobriety. So I'm, I don't need that. I can easily say no to that. The interior transformation. That's what we want. Now, just like a vaccine, which injects, in, introduces one thing into the body, which is not the virus or is a dead virus, so that the body can learn how to fight it. Similarly, our virtues can grow through related but not identical uh, trial. What do I mean by that? Well, the virtue of temperance, for example, right? Under temperance falls sobriety, it falls chastity, it falls all, you know, those types of things, or fortitude, which governs anger. These things grow when they're exposed to, so by, to other things. So fasting, for example, I'm going to not have seconds of this food I like, is a practice of the virtue of temperance, that then, when I'm confronted with another situation that would be sinful, I've already built up the virtue. And so when we, we could build our virtues by practicing them in, it's like practice, in a non-threatening, non-competitive thing. Getting up on time, not giving in to the momentary pleasures of just staying asleep for another nine minutes, practices the virtue of fortitude and temperance. So when there's other temptations toward other momentary pleasures, we've already built up the muscles to not be infected by that and to not allow it to overcome us. And so, and ultimately vaccination comes from without. Uh, and so above all, with regard to that analogy, is God's grace. That in our struggle against sin, the greatest aid we have to building up a resistance to sin is God's grace. That the grace of God, which is infused into us, which makes us enemies of sin, which makes us enemies of the devil. So, actual physical distance, interior transformation through vaccination to sin. I'm totally getting fact-checked on the homily. Um, the third, um, the other thing is, under all these things we went through, sometimes when sin is growing in our life, you just need a good, good old-fashioned lockdown, right? We need a time to just, I don't know what's happening. I don't know why this is spreading. I don't know why I'm going from bad to worse. I just need to get out of the situation that's causing it. A good old-fashioned lockdown. To take a day or a weekend if you can and just try to go somewhere and pray, going on a retreat, something where I don't know why things are going. You need a, just a chance to get away and to, to examine what's happening. I need to separate myself from anything that, be, that could cause proliferation of sin in my life. And then finally, with all of this, is that if all of the prophylactic measures fail and all of the vaccine fails um, and we still get sick with sin um, and the lockdown didn't do much, well, then we actually have treatment. In fact, we have a more effective treatment for sin than we have for COVID, which is confession, that we go to confession and our sin is wiped away, that our sin is, we are totally cured of our sin every time we go to confession. And so we should go to confession frequently if we're any sins that we're struggling with, if we really want to be rid of them, go to confession. It is more effective than any medical treatment for any medical illness. 
is going, it happens infallibly on the authority of God himself, is that in confession, if we're sorry for our sins, we confess them, we have a desire to make amendment, we are actually freed from sin, totally healed of it. And so I think with these couple of points, you know, now, because each one of us has lived through this experience of COVID-19 and continue to live through it, every time we see the exterior factors, we should consider the interior. Every time I put on a mask to go to a building or, you know, use hand sanitizer or keep a social distance, I should say, how am I doing at putting a distance between me and sin? Every time um, that there's a conversation about vaccination, I should ask, how am I being vaccinated against against sin through growth in virtue and through the, the aids of God's grace? And every time that there's talk about survival rates and treatment and all that, I should consider when's the last time I went to confession to be treated and cured of, of the sins that I commit. And so we ask our Lord for this grace um, to be able to see, take the exterior and apply it to the interior, to apply it to the things that, that matter, not just in this life, but for all of eternity. And so by having this focus, we uh, can live what our Lord tells us. We can be focused on interior transformation so that all of our actions, interior and exterior, could be entirely for the glory of God.